Right, today is uh, Act 2, Scene 1 of God's Epic. And this will be one of the um, only times that I can maybe even sort of summarize from the beginning to this point. From here on out, we cover a little too much ground in the, the week in between um, Sundays. But it's important that we, we recognize where we've been um, from Genesis 1 till today, Genesis 12, when, when Abram um, comes on the scene. Because we, we started last week with the creation account, and Adam and Eve, and, and Adam and Eve, and their, their fall. They were given all the trees but one. And they couldn't stay true um, to God's desire for them. And then after uh, Adam and Eve uh, come Cain and Abel. And they were brothers. They were some of the children of Adam and Eve. And yet uh, one murdered the other out of jealousy. And then we have eventually the events around Noah. And Noah and Noah's ark. That God then... People couldn't do what was right, and and evil ruled uh, the land, and so God cleansed the world by sending a flood to destroy all, but yet saved some, and with Noah and his family and uh, all the animals in the ark. And then, even after the ark, even after that cleansing, it wasn't long before Noah's family got into a little drunken ball and brawl and then that went down and then next you know all the humans are getting together and saying let's make a name for ourselves and they built the Tower of Babel and instead of marshalling their resources to bring glory to the name of God they were seeking to make a name for themselves and God brought judgment again. I mean, what we see in the first 11 chapters is that the world does not have an autocorrect mode. You know, there, there, there's no spell check on the world. You know, it, it's just we go downhill, we spiral down, left to our own devices over and over and over again. And that's what brings us to Genesis chapter 12, when God says, okay, I've got to intervene, and I'm going to choose one man to be the beginning of my intervention and my rescue plan to renew all that I've made. And that's where we are at Genesis 12, the call of Abram. Invite you to turn there. It's on page 8 in your Pew Bible, if you'd like to turn there. And we're also going to jump to Genesis 15. So if you look in your Bible or smartphone or tablet, whatever form, or papyri or whatever form you might have, or you can look on the screen, Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 4. And for uh, those that were here last week, um, we had a memory verse this week, and that's part of what we're going to say here. And so I'm going to ask, actually everybody, um, we'll read this passage together, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. So don't worry if you're you know, really high strong and a type A. I only asked you to memorize 2 and 3, so don't think you missed something. If that was the case, that's all right. But I think we can pull together um, one through four. Um, let's, let's pray together first. Gracious God, thank you for your written word that speaks to us of your truth. 
that, that tells us of how you continually are faithful and true, as we've just been singing. Now, make that real in our very soul, in our heart, in our very, very being. Speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, all together, Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Why Abram? If we have this, this story that, that's been laid out for us from creation um, all the way through the, the fall, and then Cain and Abel, and then Noah and the flood, and then the Tower of Babel, and God finally says, I, I'm, I've got to take care of this. I've got to intervene. Why Abram? Now, we, really, in the text, if you just read a little bit before, he's just introduced, really, in just the, a couple verses before, and it's just telling us the descendants, is giving us his family tree. I mean, he's, he's God's choice, but we're not told why. We, uh, we, we do, we could think that maybe it's something about his character, about his faith, about his obedience, but, but you know, and there, some of that's there, but you know, within the story, um, Abram's fully human um, and really at times shows great weakness. He shows great fear, certainly not wise in some of his actions. So it's not that he's chosen because he just has super character or super righteousness. As a matter of fact, if we, if we were to read the rest of the story just in chapter 12, there's a great story that would not endear you um, to Abram, especially if you're female. Um, because uh, Abram, they ev- eventually he goes. You know, as he says, he does hear God and he goes. So there's something to be said for that. But eventually he ends up in Egypt. And when he's in Egypt, uh, Pharaoh is there. Well, and, and Abram realizes when he gets there who Pharaoh is. You know, and Pharaoh has a harem. He's got his collection of sex slaves and stuff. And Abram looks at uh, Sarai, his wife. And, and Sarai is hot. And, and that really makes him worried. Because Pharaoh's going to want his wife. And, the, and what Pharaoh wants, Pharaoh gets. And so Abram realizes what Pharaoh's going to do, best way to get my wife is to eliminate me. So what Pharaoh's going to do, he's going to kill me so that he can have my wife. So he, he hatches this plan. And wives, you tell me how you feel about this plan. Here's what we're going to do, uh, Sarai. We're going to go and you're going to be my sister. Okay, and then that way Pharaoh will take you into his harem, have his way with you, and at least I'll live. That's, that's uh, Abram's plan. So you see, it's not that he's filled with courage and strength and faith. Um, and uh, maybe a little bit of wisdom, but certainly short-sighted um, in that uh, his plan. 
and certainly very self-focused. So what's important here to see is not the choice, but the chooser. God bless you. What's important here to see is not the choice, but the chooser. What's important here to see, not only to see the promise, but most importantly, to see the promiser. Is that a word? It works. I mean, you get, well, maybe we just made up a word. There's probably a better word that's right, but I, I didn't look it up. But what's most important is the one who makes the choice, the one who makes the promise, and their character. I went to... Uh, um, the NFL Hall of Fame on Monday. Nate, my son, and I went with my uh, father-in-law. Came in town. He was here on Sunday. Then we left Sunday afternoon. Went up to Canton. Been a childhood dream. So now it's one thing um, that now is in my bucket from my bucket list. Yeah, and, and I had a great, uh, great time. But while we were there, my father-in-law, um, Bill, was telling the story of his father, Bill, who played professional football in the 1920s. And it was just, the, the league had just started, uh, it started in 1920, and then it was 27 and 28. He played for the Providence Steamroller and the New York Yankees, which were a football team for about three years. You'll find out why it only lasted three years. Because what the, the owner of the team did with my uh, grandfather-in-law um, was to uh, tell them, here's, here's the deal. In that, in that day, it was unsure uh, in terms of the league rules and stuff, and t- players would switch teams. There are even stories of players switching teams at game time because the other owner would pay them more. So what the <laughs> owner did was say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep 25% of your salary from every paycheck, and I will pay you at the end of the season so as to incentivize them to stay. Well, the, they, they played the season, the end of the season came, and the one who made the promise, the one who made the choices of who was going to be on the team, who made the promises of how he'd pay them, skipped town, and all the players were sitting there 25% low on their salary. Now, it's important, not even the promise, but who makes the promise, and the character of the one who does the choosing, the character of the one who makes the promise. And what we know and see is that the one who makes the promise is the one who is faithful and true. For our God, as we've been singing, is faithful and true and strong. The one who is the central character of this epic is faithful. Look to Genesis chapter 15 um, with me. Turn, turn the page and we'll look there. For this, this promise uh, continues here. It's uh, Genesis 15, 1 through 12. And, and what we, we have here is another uh, interaction with Abram and with God. And it's um, uh, you know, maybe about 10, 13 years later. Not exactly sure, but uh, maybe around that time. So Abram was 75, so now he's you know, in his early 80s, mid-80s, around in there. Chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the, worst, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? 
For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep, terrifying darkness descended upon him. And then jumped to 17 and 18. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, you, you hear that story, and if you were tracking, if you were visualizing it, you're sort of saying, what's going on there? I mean, he took all of these animals, cut them in half, and, and, and placed them on, on this field. And then we're told that darkness comes over the place and Abram falls asleep. And then in, in the middle of all the, these carcasses, then comes like a, a smoking pot, a, a pot with fire, just sort of by itself levitating through all the animals' pieces cut in half. And then God says, this is the covenant that I have made with you. And what, what that was with the, the pot, the smoking pot and, and the, the different animal was in a sense sort of a covenant ceremony of the day. Hard to know exactly. One, one, uh, some people think that what it was was to say that as I walk through this, I make this promise to you. And this is God being represented by this pot, this smoking, firing pot, and you're know, going through um, these carcasses saying, if, if I do not fulfill my covenant to you, may I be like these animals. Or, or maybe a, a sacrifice of, of, uh, of blood to show the one-way covenant that God is making. Because do you realize Abram's asleep? You know, it's like he slept through the best part of the movie. <laughs> but he's showing that this is not dependent upon Abram. 
This is God's promise that God will fulfill, that through Abram, the world will be blessed. And it's it, beautiful, isn't it wonderful at, at this stage? Abram, I mean, he's got reason to be unsure, doesn't he? I mean, he's in his mid-80s. And, and he's being told, your descendants are going to be like the stars. Anybody here in their mid-80s? What would you do if I told you your descendants are going to be the stars and you hadn't had a child yet? I mean, Abram is, is childless up to this point. So he's got reason to be unsure. He's got reason to think about taking matters into his own hands. And, and he's, he's calling out to God, God, I don't know. How is this going to happen? And what does God do? He shows him the stars. Shows him the power and beauty that is his and shows him of his faithfulness to fulfill his promises. What's important is the one who makes the promise. The one who does the choosing. Even more important than the promise itself or what he chooses. Now, take a minute and just consider that with, with Ab, Abram. Yeah, if we consider what all he's gone through, you know, can you relate to that? Can you relate to when the, the pressures around you are so great, you want to take matters in your own hands? You know, when, when it's like, okay, God, you know, I, I need food. And, and you promised me that food, but I need it, and it's not here. What am I going to do? And the temptation that you might have to lie, cheat, and steal. God is faithful. You learn from Abram here at this point. Learn from him. Turn to God. Cry out to God. Tell him the, the, where, where you're tempted. Tell him how you want to take matters in your own hands. You know, the, the pressure is great. You know, this test is huge before you. And the pressure to cheat is awesome because you know your whole future relies upon this. It really doesn't. But you feel that way at that time. And the pressure to cheat because of the pressure. You've got to take matters into your own hand. There's a whole other question as to why he didn't study more the days before. But that's a whole other sermon. Or the pressure is great because you're single. And you're not playing by the world's rules. And the biological clock is ticking. And you, you're feeling that pressure. You see others playing by the world's rules. Getting what you want. And that pain, that uncertainty is great. Learn from Abram to turn to God. Cry out to God. Turn to God. Turn to God's people. Let him show you the stars of the heaven. Let him continue to sear in your soul his faithfulness. And with a group of this size, there will be a number of us who, feeling the pressures all around us, would be so overwhelmed that we'd want to take our own life. That that's the only solution. God's faithfulness and promises are the solution. Turn to God, turn to God's people, 
If you find yourself in those places of great pressure, wanting to take matters into your own hands. And may God's faithfulness be real in us and in you as he brings us through those troubled times. God is faithful. God is true. Keep turning to him because God is faithful, brothers and sisters, even when we aren't. Because if you keep reading on in the story, Abe, Abram and, and Sarah, um, they, they weren't faithful. That their weakness was made manifest. They, they wavered in their faith. Because it's another few years later, around in there, you know, that, that Abram and, and Sarah, there's still no child after this event. Even after this, this grand event. Even after this mountaintop kind of event. There's no child. And so what Abram and Sarah say, all right, I tell you what, Abram, this is what we're going to need to do. And they do succumb. They take matters into their own hands. Let, there's Hagar. Uh, you know, she's a, a fruitful servant. Abram, you get with Hagar and let that be your issue. That will be your child. And that's what happens. And they have Ishmael. And that leads to a, a whole other set of problems. It's a whole other set of sermons. But it's really important to see this. Really important to see this, that God is faithful even when we aren't. Because at the age of 99, God comes to... It's after all that happened with Abram and Hagar and, and Ismael, all the rest. This is, this is all done. And at 99, God comes to Abram and says, today... Sarah is pregnant with your child, Isaac. And at the ripe age of 100, Isaac is born. See, Abram is, is a wonderful example for us that our response is to, to come to God even in our disobedience, especially in our disobedience. I mean, at all times. Abram is not disqualified from God's promise to him to bless the world through him, even in his disobedience, his weakness, and his fear. Wherever you are, whatever you have done, keep coming back to God and to God's people because his grace is sufficient, even in the depth of of our own sin and weakness and fear and even the times that we try to take matters into our own hands. Don't, don't give up on God because I know he will not give up on you. Finally then, Let's go back to, to, chapter, uh, or to chapter 12, and I look particularly at verse 3 there. And, and we go back to our initial question. You know, why Abram? Uh, oh, oh, and one other thing. I meant to say this just because you're like, Abram, who's Abram? Is that the same as Abraham? And yes, it is. It's just that once uh, the Isaac is conceived in Sarai, then, then God changes their names to Abraham and to Sarah. 
So, um, but back to the beginning and God's initial promise. Abram is to be blessed, and, and he is blessed. And we we're asking, well, why? Why is he blessed? Well, you know, I can't give you an answer as to why as a, a cause, but I can give you a clear answer, why, for a purpose. And it's like, well, why'd you go to the grocery store? Well, it's because I ran out of milk. You know, I went to go get milk. That was my purpose. That's the why. Well, that, God, is clear. This is why I'm choosing you, Abram. This is why I'm blessing you, Abram. And maybe two of the most important words throughout this epic. So that you might be a blessing. I'm going to choose you so that all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. If you're here seeking to follow Jesus, then you've been chosen. And you've been chosen in order to be a blessing to the, to the world, to the, to the world that is around you. I mean, I, I think about my own story. You reflect on your story. I mean, I was, I was born in, in a Christian home, a home where the, the, the Bible was, was read some, not a lot, but some. It certainly wasn't poo-pooed. And, uh, and we went to church, some, not a lot. Saw more than poinsettias and lilies, but uh, not that much more. But still heard the word. What, what did I have to do with being born at that setting, in that place, in that time? I had absolutely nothing. And what did I have to do with going to a high school where there was a, a great high school ministry that started again to, to tell me about Jesus in language that I understood and then to go to a, a college and connect with a particular campus ministry in a great Presbyterian church right off campus? What did I have to do with those? I didn't even know those existed when I chose the school. Wink, wink. You know, so what did I have to do with hearing that message over and over and over again? Simply like Abram, at some point, just, I believe, I, I trust, help me in my unbelief, help me in the, the, the weakness of my trust. And just like with Abram in Genesis 15, where it said, and that was counted to him as righteousness. That's a key verse for this epic. In a key verse in this, these events with Abram, that eventually he, even in his own sin and fallenness, he came back to God. How, how do you see and recognize how you've been chosen? I mean, even if you say, you know, I just always had a belief of God within me. Well, where did that come from? You know, where, where did that belief of God even come from? It's, it's a common theme throughout this epic that God chooses us so that we will be a blessing to the world. Do you believe that about yourself? It's true. Not because of anything you bring to the table but because of the one who made the promise is true and faithful and able. It's true about you. Even if you say, well, you don't know what I've done. Well, can you beat Abram? No, in terms of his own weakness, in terms of his own faithlessness, in terms of his own lack of courage. 
and how he took matters into his own hands. And yet, look, God was faithful and true. And through Abram, he blessed the world. A couple application points for you this week as you, you think particularly about this last part. That, that you have been chosen for a purpose and that you have been blessed to be a blessing. That, that you have been chosen for salvation and service. One is recognize the choice is not just so you get on the lifeboat. Part of the reason we, we don't think about that I've been chosen for a purpose for, to be a blessing to the world is that, you know, we're still selfish. You know, I just want to get on the lifeboat. My first motivations of coming to Jesus was, oh, sounds good. I get to go to heaven. Great. Check that off. Get that ticket. Now go do what I want. Didn't realize the choice was all around. And that's an important thing. If you're here and you're just seeking, you're just sort of checking this out, I want you to know that Jesus doesn't just want your affirmation. He wants your whole life. And I know that might scare you. Um, but I would be wrong. I'd be giving you a bait and switch if I told you, well, just come and believe Jesus and just sort of check that off and then go do what you want. That's not what Jesus wants. He wants your whole life. And some of you that have been here for a long time say, oh, wait a minute, I didn't get that part. But, but who do you want to have your life, you or Jesus? That's, that's what God wants your whole life because he has a purpose for every single one of you. Do not say not me because that is a denial of the power and faithfulness of the promiser. The one who has done the choosing. No, you are chosen to be a blessing in the lineage of Abram. Now, a couple assignments for that. One, one I want you to, to do that is, is consider who are the people in your life today that God has chosen in order to be a blessing to you? Do you get that? I sort of flipped it around on you. You know, maybe the easiest way to look about this is who are the people around you Today, and maybe even in your history, but particularly today. I really want you to think about today. Who are the people around you that God has chosen to be a blessing to you? Sam and Alan, Karen, Aretha and Ann, Brian, Cedric... Robin, Mark, and choir. I know a number of you are, are out there, and other people sing up front. I want to take this time to just thank you. I want to thank you and affirm you for your ministry to me every Sunday. Because there's a number of times, and I can hide this real well, that I come in just like, ah, oh, this is terrible. This is not going to work. I'm, they're going to run me out on a rail. Or at least I'm just going to look like a fool. They're too nice to run me out, but I'm going to look like a fool. And I can't tell you how many times that I'm sitting over there, 
And as you're leading in song, that what overwhelms me is what we're singing about, which is how good and faithful the one who makes the promise is. And so I want to affirm and thank you that how God has chosen you to be a blessing to me. And I promise you, I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm serious. (laughs) That I am there. And that my stomach is turning flips. And in the midst of you leading in singing and making sure that it happens, I am taken to a different place. Uh, really, what I take from it, I get, I get off myself and onto God. So thank you for doing that. So maybe there are other people in your lives that you can simply affirm for the blessing they are um, to you. You can't tell them because I just blessed them uh, on all of us because I, I know you were nodding and I, somebody even clapped. You can clap now. I interrupted the clapping for that. So. So this week, go affirm somebody that God has chosen to be a blessing to you. Now here, I'm going to even add, this this isn't fair, because I'm going to add an element. It's it's simple but not easy um, to, to, to do this. But maybe even go find somebody who's maybe not a Christian who blesses you. Now, don't make something up. I mean, be sincere. Last, we don't need any more insincere you know, things to non-Christians. I get plenty of that. Be sincere. So if you can't think of one, don't do it. Don't make something up. I mean, go to another Christian. But, it, but really, if you can think of somebody who's a non-Christian in your life, that you, God has chosen you and gifted you, and you bless me by what you do, then go affirm them this week. And again, if, if it's maybe... A Christian, it may be others, but but how has God chosen others to bless you? And then, secondly, is the obvious question: How has God chosen you to be a blessing to others? You know, and and again, you know, it's actually the same solution for this particular question. If you're saying, "Well, no, God hasn't chosen me," that's because you're looking too much at yourself and not enough at God. Because God has chosen you, and it's really important for you to get in touch with, how has God chosen me to be a blessing today? And don't tell me you're too old. I mean, come on, do you see Abram's age here? And and you you heard what he did and what he said. Don't tell me you're too bad. Because again, what is that focusing on? It's focusing on me, the choice, instead of the chooser. So really, this week, it's two questions. How has God chosen others around you to bless you? And how has God chosen you to be a blessing to the world? I mean, it's a theme throughout this epic. I mean, it is a key theme throughout. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are chosen for salvation and for service. God's promise is true. God's promise is true, and God is faithful, and a believe it or not, well, believe it. Don't not believe it. Believe it. It's through you that he fulfills his promise. We are blessed to be a blessing to this world. We are characters 
in God's grand epic to bring renewal to the world. Amen.